Bible says in 2 Corinthians, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. The day you enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, what you were is no longer what you are. We love to hold the past over people. I'm as guilty of it as anyone. But God says, I choose not to even remember the past. Someone says, well, if God can do everything, why can't he remember the past? He can remember the past. He chooses not to remember the past. The old is gone and the new is here. I am convinced, I've been doing this gig for a long time. I've been pastoring since I was 21 years old. I'm 42 today. I'm legal drinking age when it comes to pastoring. I've been doing this for 21 years. And I am convinced that most people, and the issue with most people, whether it's an addiction, a bad marriage, self-esteem issues, insecurity issues, self-doubt issues, depression, anxiety, whatever the issue is, I'm convinced nine times out of ten, the issue is not the issue. The issue is simply a bloom, if you will, of the root issue. And the root issue is we don't know who we are. We live in a day and time that we identify ourselves by everything and anything except the most important thing. We identify ourselves by what we do. I'm a plumber. I'm a pastor. I'm a lawyer. I'm a painter. No, 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 that's what you do, not who you are. I hate, I hate someone asked me this week, they said, what do we call you? Do we call you Preacher Gary or Pastor Gary? I said, we can just call me Gary. Well, uh, it's, it's a tie. Do you call your plumber, Plumber Scott? Or you just call him Scott? You can just call me Gary. I, I'm not identified by what I do. I, I'm not identified by anything else than what Christ is and the way Christ views me. I, I'm a pastor, and I'm a husband, and I'm a father, and I'm a businessman, and I'm a friend, and I'm a dummy, and I'm an idiot at times, and I do a lot of wrong things. But at the end of the day, none of those things are who I am. Who I am is a child of God. I had someone here the other day, and they thought they were being funny, and they were talking about someone who attends our church. And this person who attends our church, they attend it here and there. And they're not all there, if you will. And they said, yeah, they think they're a child of God. And I was thinking to myself, well, they are a child of God. And I'm a child of God. And you say you believe in Christ and you're a child of God. So there's a lot of things you could talk bad about the person. But that's not one of the things that I would throw out there. Because at the end of the day, who we are is children of a king. Yet we view ourselves as everything, anything. We love labels. And again, I am king of all labels on people. Instead of viewing ourselves the way Christ views us. And look how he says he views us. Yet all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, those who said, man, I am going to be a Christ follower. I'm going to follow in the ways of Jesus. He gave the right to become Children of God. 
It, it seems a little weird because it's not in our normal way that we talk and the way that we speak, but you and I are children of God. Yet we tend to forget this all the time. And I thought long and hard about this over the last few weeks, and I thought to myself, why is it that we forget? Why is it that I allow all the things pop up in my life and I stick these labels on me instead of identifying myself as God sees me? And I thought about preaching a message today on, on how God sees us and how God views you. But at the end of the day, I, I think we can do that. But I think at the end of the day, the root of the issue in us not identifying ourselves by who we are is we simply forget who He is. When you remember who Christ is, and you remember how powerful God is, and you remember that He is the God, capital G, not a God, He's the one who spoke everything into existence. He's the one in control of everything. He's the reason we have everything. Whether you believe it or don't believe it, it's fact. The Bible proves it over and over and over. We get to the point that we remember who he is. It's impossible not to identify ourselves by who he is. When you realize the awesomeness of God, you realize the honor that it is to be his child. If we could just remember who Christ is, I am convinced it would change the way we view ourselves. See, our problem is we're so busy looking at ourselves through our eyes. Are the eyes of those who view us. I can't tell you how many wives have said, I'm this, this, and this. Why do you feel? Well, I was told that for years. Or how many men have said, well, I was told this for years. If we look at it through everybody's eyes except the eyes of Christ. We have forgotten who he is. So today I just want to take some time out and we're going to brag on Jesus for a little bit. Again, I, I preach this. Many of you are going to roll your eyes because you've heard it before. But I went back and looked at the beautiful thing about computers and I'm somewhat organized in how I keep my stuff. It's been three years and two months since I preached this message. Even my wife said, hey, you just preached that message. I said, no, it's been three years. I said, I'm so glad I'm so impactful in your life and my preaching that you remember that. <laughs> So, are the messages so good it felt like it was yesterday? I don't know. The Bible says this in Psalms 40. It says, he lifted me out of a slimy pit, out of the mud, out of the mire, and he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. Leave that verse up, Xander. He lifted me up out of a slimy pit. <laughs> Listen, we got a crowd of people today. And this is not your typical church. And it's not the type of people that you would normally associate with church. And we don't all look and act like what the world says Christians ought to look and act like. And listen, we don't all have our stuff together today. And there's a lot of people going through a lot of crap today in this crowd. And there's a lot of hurting people. But at the end of the day, God's been good to this crowd. I could ask for people to stand up today and talk about how good God's been and we could be here the next 24 hours. Because here's the deal. God's been good. I tend to forget it. I can get to where I'm focusing on the negative. I can get to focusing on all that's going on in my life, all that's going wrong in my life. I can get to where I'm focusing on the bad decisions in my life and the consequences that I face as the bad decisions in my life. And I can allow my anger and my temper and my self-loathing to take control. And I do it all the time. 
But at the end of the day, I need to step back and I need to breathe. I just decided I'm preaching to myself today. Maybe you'll get something out of it. Because I didn't want to preach today. I went to bed last night with a rotten attitude. I said, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to preach. I don't feel like preaching. I'm not in the mood to preach. I was in a mood. I woke up this morning and said, there's a lot of things I want to do, and preaching ain't one of them. But I get up here today, and man, Ashton was killing it today in worship. I know it's going to be good when I walk in the band's tents on a Sunday morning. I walk in today, Ashton's got her hands on her hip, and Phil's got his head cocked. When Phil starts giving me, he... That's his thing. I know he's trying to chill and calm down. See, back in the old days, Phil would get mad at everybody. I think now he's got Brad up here, and Brad really loves Jesus and is like deep and spiritual. So when Brad's up here, Phil tries to be spiritual. That's the only thing I can figure. Because I'm the same way when I'm around Brad. I'm like, I don't want to get mad around Brad. Because here's the problem. You get mad around Brad, he'll take it and he sends you an email with all these verses and all these stuff. Hey, brother, I know you're going through a hard time. And, man, God told me that and you feel all convicted. So you try just to be good and Jesus-loving around Brad. But it was, I knew it was tense up in here. And Barry's getting frustrated with the sound. And I was like, it's going to be good. And it was good. Man, I've been in that pit. I was on my way to a devil's hell when God radically changed my life. I don't got time to get into it today, but I've shared the story with you before. I showed up at a church, and many of you don't know what this means, but I showed up at what's called an independent fundamental, King James only, Baptist church. And here's what that meant. They were crazy. <laughs> like the only Bible was the King James Bible, and women couldn't wear pants, and like it was horrible music. And my favorite thing is they had these thrones up on the stage, and the choir director person would get up and do this, and it was horrible. But they had this old little five-foot nothing Cherokee Indian, and he would sit up with his legs up on the seat, and he would do this the whole, Wow, glory! And I was like, what the? I had never seen anything like it in my life. And they sang. I'm telling you, they sang for an hour and 45 minutes. They sang so long, people were leaving. He interrupted the singing. He said, I tell you right now. He, this had like a lapel mic. They didn't have the Garth Brooks mic, what I call it. They had the lapel mic back in the day. He said, I tried it. And it stretches to the entrance. It's like one way out, a one way out, I'll stand out, I'll preach if one more person leaves. I'm like, what the, what is this guy's deal? I was so scared. Literally, I can remember I was shaking. And I finally got done singing. He jumped up out here. He took, they had this thing called a pulpit. We don't have that here, but they had this thing called a pulpit. It's this big thing you step behind and. And he grabbed it on this side, and he grabbed And I don't think you literally did this, but as I replay it in my mind, because this is how my mind does things, he turned it this way, and he cocked it. And he cocked it. And he... And he shot everybody. In I, I, here's what I remember. I'm lying, I'm dying. It's 20 years ago. He preached against miniskirts and rock and roll, the devil's music. And I swear, I swear, so 20 years ago would have been 1998. He uses his example of rock music, the Temptations. You're listening to Temptations? And then why are you being tempted? I didn't even know what the Temptations was. I mean, that's back like in art in Doug Knight's days. I don't know anything about that. And then he said, I joke about it all the time, but it's, everybody jokes with me about this phrase. He said, 
I mean, he's standing up on the thing. He's like, if you die without Jesus, you're falling, bacon. I said, oh, my goodness. I don't know what that means. That sounds horrible. He said, they didn't have closed. And they started singing this song. And they sang this song. And they sang this song. And they sang this song. And every head bowed and every head. He said, we ain't stopping us. Somebody comes down. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm like, who's going down? I knew who he wanted to come down. There was only 40 people there. I'm the one who stuck out like a sore thumb. I looked at him and I said, He said, keep singing. No one's looking around. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost of God came on me. I, I, I knew I came down. I don't know what I came down. I'm like up under. They had this communion table. I'm, I'm under the table. Gave my life to Christ. It was incredible. And I went home and called my mama that night. I said, Mom, I said, I went down. She said, you went down where? <laughs> At church. She said, what are you talking about? The preacher told me to come down, and I came down, and... Listen, changed my life. Not coming down, but giving my life to Christ. In all his mercy, God saved me. Through all my screw-ups, man, and I have screwed up in some royal ways, I screw up daily. And God loves me. People say, oh, you can't just do that until God lives. Why? Well, he says we're his children. There's nothing my children could ever do that would make me not love them. They can do some things that make me not like them. They can do some things that make me want to beat the crap out of them. They can do some things that make me get redneck real, real quick. But as I'm beating a tarnation out of them, I'm like, oh. And God loves us. When I couldn't lift myself up out of the pit, he lifted me up out of the pit. That's good preaching if a white boy is doing it. Don't you say it. I'm going to say it. I've seen some black ones do it. And they do it well. But a white one's getting to do it today. Man, Kevin, where's Kevin? Kevin, I can preach any black preacher on the table, can't I? My man right there. Hey, when I didn't know God, he knew me. When you didn't know God, he knew you. When you weren't thinking about God, he knew you. We're going to get into that. Amen. Here's the deal. Man, we serve a God and there ain't nobody like him today. I mean, he's a God unlike any other God. But as good as God has been to us, we tend to forget about it. You know when we remember it? When all hell's breaking loose. You know it's my pet peeve. Ain't nothing we can do now but turn to God and pray. When did God become the last resort in our life? Maybe if we started turning to God and praying, we wouldn't have got the mess that we got into. 
hey, not preaching at to you today. I'm preaching with you today. I get it. I've been there. I've done it. Listen, listen, listen. When we've lost our job and our marriage is falling apart, we can't pay the bills. Man, we're turning to God and we're calling to God. But when things are good, man, we forget how good God has been. But the problem is when things are good and they start to go bad, we start to beat ourselves up because we have forgotten who God is. And when we forget who God is, we need something to remind us of who we are. Here's the deal. It's easy to beat you up about it, but it's nothing new. It happened to the nation of Israel. Israel, man, things are going great. They're God's chosen people. And yet when the going got good, they forgot who they were. They forgot that they were God's chosen people. They forgot that they were God's anointed people. They got to the point in their life they couldn't remember who they were because they forgot who God was. And in Isaiah, God comes along like only he can. And he had that pent pan and he slaps them down. And he said, let me remind you who I am. And here's what I always say. When God says something, it ain't a suggestion. When God reminds you one time who he is, that ought to be enough. But when God comes along and he reminds you two times, you might want to listen. But then when he comes back and he says, let me remind you a third time who I am. Hey, BTW, in case you forgot, because you're a little bit slow and I know you forget, let me remind you four times. Oh, hey, in the same chapter, because four times, I don't want you to forget it. Let me remind you five times. Hey, hey, just for good measure, that icing on the cake. Let me remind you six times who I am. And in Isaiah 45, God addresses the nation of Israel. And I know most of you don't have your Bibles today. If you do, you ain't going to be able to sit out there in that dark place anyway. So it'll be up on the screen. And here's the amazing thing about these screens. It don't lose its power when it gets on the screen. I just like to have it on the Word where the power is. It's the Word of God. He says, write it on your heart. He says, it's, it's like a double-edged sword. It will not come back void. The Word of God's up there. So here's the deal. You ain't got your Bible today. You're in love. We're going to sling it up on the screen. Because here's what he says, first of all, in Isaiah 45. He says, I am the Lord. And there is no other. He says, apart from me, there is no God. He said, in case you forgot who I am, and since you forgot who I am, you've forgotten who you are, I am the Lord. He said, listen, you might be worshiping a lot of gods today, but he said, you're just worshiping a lot of statues because there is no other. He said, without me, there is no God because I am God. He said, I know you've forgotten who you were. You forgot that you were God's chosen people. So let me remind you today who I am. And he says, hey, 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 you forgot. Let me come back in the very next verse. Like, I like this. He was so important. He didn't even skip a verse. He came back in verse. He said, I am the Lord. And there is no other. In case you didn't catch him, how many of you have to repeat yourself to your kids sometimes? Mm-hmm. God said, I guess I got to repeat myself. Like, you, how many of you take it, don't make me repeat myself? Don't you make me say it twice. I never knew there was such things you didn't have to say it twice till I met Christine. I thought that was just like a given. You said it twice. I thought I had it pretty good with my kids because I said it twice. And they listen, Christine come in, she says it once. And I'm like, she's a miracle worker. He came back and said it twice. Then he goes on for a couple of verses. Eight verses later, he said, oh, BTW, let me throw it in here again in case you forgot. Verse 14, surely as God is with you. Oh, and there is no other. There is no other God. He said, you've forgotten who you are because you've forgotten who I am. I'm God. 
and there is no other God. People say, I just think we can worship our higher power and whatever we want to do, and the tree can be God and the rock can be God. Listen, all due respect to you worshiping your tree and worshiping your rock, man, to each their own. And I'm not going to condemn you today, and I'm not going to beat you up today, but there is only one higher power, and his name is Jesus Christ, and he is God. And he says in the word of God, there is no other. Verse 18, he says, I am the Lord, and there is no other. You think he's trying to get a message across? He said, I want you to remember. This is how you remind me, if you will, Nickelback. He said, I'm going to remind you by reminding you who I am today. He came back in verse 24. He says, there is no God apart from me, a righteous God and a Savior. He said, there is none but me. When you're forgetting who you are, you need to remember who God is. And when you remember who God is, you remember who you are. You're a child of the king. You're the child of one who says, I am God, and there is no other. And he comes back one last time in verse 22 and says, For I am God, and there is no other. Here's what he's saying in Canton terms. He said, I'm God, and there ain't nobody like him. He said, that ain't a word. It's a word in the Lamb Dictionary. It's a word of action, church. Hey, it might not be a word inside the perimeter, but we're an OTP, and it's a word. Ain't is a word, and there ain't nobody like him. We serve a God today. There's a lot of people who talks about God. There's a lot of people worshiping a lot of things today. There's a lot of people looking for a lot of things in a lot of places. But at the end of the day, there ain't nobody like God. And if we want to remember who we are, we need to get back and remember who he is. You're going through a hard time today? Listen, I get it. Ain't nobody like him. He's still God today. Sometimes we got to be reminded of who he is. I mean, we serve a God today that there ain't nobody like him. When you're life's falling apart, he's God and there ain't nobody like him. When your marriage is on the fritz, hey, he's God and there ain't nobody like him. When you don't know how you're going to pay your bills, he's God and there ain't nobody like him. When you're struggling with addiction and you don't think you can go another day, hey, he's God and there ain't nobody like him. When you're feeling jealous and you're feeling insecure and you're feeling depressed and you're feeling anxiety and you're feeling all whatever other mental issues that we deal with in this day and time, here's the problem. You've forgotten who God is. There ain't nobody like him. God, somebody say amen today. Ain't nobody like him. Christine said, you say it a lot in that sermon. I said, I wanted to remember. She's like Simon Cowell from American Idol. No, I'm just kidding. A lot of times she comes in, like, I need probably, I've done told that story 50 times in the last two weeks. I probably need to move on. But today there ain't nobody like him. I mean, if you go back through the book, I mean, if you go back through this book, I mean, you go read the stories in this book. I'm sweating up here today. Listen, listen, that's good preaching when you're sweating. Listen, listen, when you go back through this book and you see the stories in this book, I mean, you go find that woman with an issue of blood. And the Bible says she had an issue of blood for years and nobody could heal her and nobody could figure it out. And she just reached out and she touched the hem of Jesus' garment and she was instantly healed. And you went up to her and you said, hey, what do you think about Jesus? I believe she'd say, ain't nobody like him. You say she was Mideastern. She wouldn't say, though, she'd say it. Because they use the word, ain't nobody like him. I mean, you go back into the New Testament and you find that adulterous woman 
I'm talking about the thing that we love to stigmatize people by and judge people by and throw them out of church over. You go back and you take that adulterous woman who's sitting there and she's being mocked by the religious. She's being cut down by the religious. She's being looked down upon Jesus. And Jesus comes along right in front of him and says, Hey, forgive her. Your sins have been forgiven. You go your way. And you ask that lady, Hey, what do you think about him? She's going to say, Ain't nobody like him. I, I, I mean, listen to me, listen to me. You go into the prison walls, and there's Paul, and there's Silas, and they're chained to the prison walls, and they start singing praises to Jesus, and the gates of the prison open up, and the shackles fall off their arms, and you say, hey, <laughs> he was just in jail, and now you ain't. What do you think about him? He's like, funny you use that word, ain't, because there ain't nobody like him. I mean, you go back to Peter, and he had failure on the sea. He's trying to catch some fish, and he can't find any fish. And the storm's moving in. He looks up, and here comes Jesus walking on the water. Peter says, if it's you, let me out on the water. He gets out on the water. He walks on the water. He takes his eyes off Jesus and starts to think that's a whole other sermon, but that's a freebie today. And he starts to sing, and Jesus reaches out and grabs his hand. And you say, Peter, what do you think about it? He says, there ain't nobody like him. You go out and you find that man. Listen, I'm ta- I, why have I never preached this story in 21 years? I'm talking about there's a guy, he had so many demons in him that no one knew what to do with him. They called him, they took him outside the town, and they chained him to the side of a mountain because they couldn't control him. And Jesus comes along and he cast out so many demons. Don't miss this. There were so many demons that they had to be transferred into something else. 2,000 pigs. I got a pig. It's a demon. I couldn't imagine having 2,000 of them. So let me tell you a little story about my pig that's going to gross you out. So Christine has been talking to me about the pig. She's been gone. I'm like, man, the pig's doing great. He's potty trained. He ain't crapping in the house. He ain't doing nothing. It's amazing. I check all the time. So this morning I walk out. He's crapping in the house. I said, crap, he's crapping. Let's go get some paper towels. Before I come back with the paper towels, the dog had ate the crap. So I think he's been crapping in the house the whole time, and the crappy dog's been eating it. Animals are ridiculous. I put dogs in there with cats now. The heck? Like, you're so dumb you eat crap? What is wrong with you? Man, hey, here's the deal, though. He put them demons and them 2,000 pigs. The pigs went wild. They ran off the side of a cliff. And all of a sudden, this crazy man that everybody knew was crazy is coming walking through town. The Bible says he's walking with his family. I mean, he's walking along. He's singing. I, this is what I believe he was singing because the first movie my mom and dad ever took me to was Song of the South. I believe he's walking around singing, Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-ay. I got clothes on. I was didn't when I was on the side of the mountain. Check me out. I'm normal. And he said, hey, crazy guy. Who ain't crazy anymore. What do you think about Jesus? He said, ain't nobody like him. You go ask Mary and Martha after he raised their brother from the dead. He was dead. The Bible says he was so dead the tomb was stinking. He said, Lazarus, come forth. You ask Mary and Martha, what do you think? And they said, ain't no. I believe they were sobbing and they were crying. Ain't nobody like him. You want a reminder of who you are? You need to be reminded of who is. He is. Listen, listen, listen. Stephen, being stoned to death for standing for Jesus, he looks up, he sees heaven open, he sees God welcoming him home, and you ask him, Stephen, what do you think about him? He's standing before the pearly gates. He's like, ain't 
Nobody like him. We could go on and on all day long. We might go on and on all day. I preached short last week. We'll preach long today. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're in a fiery furnace for standing up for God. Three of them are in the furnace. They look in the furnace. There's a fourth man in the fire. His name's Jesus. And they ask, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you've been in the fire and you ain't even got burnt. What do you think? I believe they'd be like, whoo! I need, listen, listen, it's, 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 it's cold in here. We need, a, we need a jacket in this fire because there ain't nobody like Jesus. I mean, Daniel, man, he's living for God. They throw him in a lion's den. They come along, and the lion's just had his laugh. And Daniel, he's petting like it's a nasty old cat. And he says, hey, and if you can calm a cat, ain't nobody like him. I mean, you flip through this book, and you'll find out there ain't nobody like him. He told Moses, he said, I am that I am. Moses said, who are you? He said, I am who I am. I'm whoever you need whenever you need it. I mean, if you go through this book, you'll see all the different names for him. The Bible calls him Papa. Why they call me big? No, I'm just kidding. Listen, that Bible calls him Papa. The Bible calls him Lord. The Bible calls him the Mighty One. The Bible calls him the Creator. The Bible calls him the Deliverer. The Bible calls him the Holy One. The Bible calls him, he says, I am. He's Yahweh. He's Provider. He's Peace. He's Righteousness. He's Judge. He's King. He's Lawgiver. He's Redeemer. He's Shepherd. He's the Way, the Truth, the Life, the Alpha, Omega, the Light, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and there ain't nobody... You need a reminder today. <laughs> hey, not only does he say ain't nobody like him in Isaiah 45, he gives all the reasons ain't nobody like him. He don't just come along and make a clean. He says, let me tell you why there ain't nobody like him. The first thing he does, the Bible says, he says he scouts the trail. You say, what's that mean? It means he scouts the trail. Ain't nobody like him. Before you got up this morning, God was going ahead of you, and he was scouting the trail. He was ahead of you, clearing the path. He was ahead of you, making a way. There's nothing that you face today that God hadn't already seen. He was creating a path that you could follow. Listen, what a God we serve. He's a God we're singing about. He's a God we're shouting about. He's a God we're serving. He's a God we're sharing. He goes before, don't miss this, and I'm going to give you some Bible to back it up. He goes before, so you can come after. I'm glad I don't have to lead the way. He's the trailblazer. Always scouting a trail. He says in Isaiah 45, what's Isaiah 45? We threw all them verses down, six of them. He said, I will go before you and I will level the mountains. I will break down the gates of bronze and I will cut through the bars of iron. Whoo! You ain't been nowhere today that he wasn't yesterday. You are in that relationship and it's horrible and it's falling apart and you've been with that person forever and you know there's something better but you're too scared to leave. God says, hey, I done been up ahead. I know who I got for you. I know how I'm going to restore your marriage. I know how I'm, you don't know where your kids are today. You're stressed out about them. You thought you raised them well and they're off doing what kids do. And you did the same thing. God says, don't worry. Remember, because I told you, if you raise up a child in the way, if you train up a child in the way, he go, when he's old, he'll not depart from. You train that child right, they'll come back. you got to cling to that promise. He goes before you, scouting the trail. I look back over my life, and it's amazing how far God has brought me. 
I look back over the trail of how I met him. I look back over the darkest days of my life when I made decisions that affected everything. And here's the deal. People ask me, would you go back? I wouldn't go back and change any of it because without that, I wouldn't be where I am today. What I didn't understand, God's like, hey, don't worry about it. I got my, my, my sling blade out. I'm up ahead of you. Come on. Yo, you seize the bushes, but I'm up ahead. I'm cutting down the branches. I'm making a trail. I'm scouting the trail. Don't worry. Hey, whoa, hey. Up here, it's going to get a little bit rocky. But I done made it through. You can make it through. Hey, up here, you're going to have to swim through some water. But you're going to get to the other side because I made a way. Whoa, up here, it's going to get dark and scary. And you're going to feel like you're hanging on to the side of a cliff by one finger. But don't worry. I got you. He scouts the trail. When I gave my life to God in that church, I have never gotten over. There's been a lot of things. People tell me all the time, you, you start things and don't finish them. Listen, I get it. That's just the way my mind works. I'm a starter. But man, when I met God, I never got over. I've been through some times where I doubted it. And I've been through some times I was frustrated by it. And I've been through some times where I was ready to walk away from it. But at the end of the day, he scouts the trail. And he always knows what's going on. We need to realize today that God is in control. I go through some times of self-doubt, but I know who I am because I can remind myself of who he is. He's scouting the trail. I, you would never know it by looking at me today. But I told you before, I go through phases in life. And when I go through these phases in life, I get consumed with these phases in life. And a few years ago, I went through a phase in my life where I wanted to trail run. Which is stupid because it's running. And it's even dumber because it's not running on a road. It's running on a trail. Or like bears and snakes are. But here's the deal about trail running. You don't get to run on a trail unless someone's went before you. They had to make the trail. We've been through some hairy spots on trails. But you know how we always knew we could get through it? Because somebody else had been through us cutting down the trees, making the way, getting the rocks out of the way, moving the logs, moving the trees. I decided last week, Christine was out of town, I got this wild hair up my butt, I don't know what it was. I was sitting at home, and I was like, man, I'll go for a run. I, don't, I, I, I wasn't drunk. And I went for a run, and on the trail was a tree that had fallen. It was huge. And somebody had come to that tree, and they'd cut it out on the trail. On both sides, it was still there, but it cut out that middle where I didn't have to climb over it. They scouted the trail. We serve a God today, and there ain't nobody like him, and he scouts the trail. He's up ahead of you in life. He's swinging that machete, and he's clearing away. And he says, I know you don't understand this, and I know you're frustrated right now, and I know you're ready to give up, and you don't think you're ever going to get through this, and you don't ever think things are going to change. That's what I think anyway, guilty as charged. And he said, but I'm scouting the trail. He said, man, I'm clearing out a way. He goes, it's rough now, but it's going to be so much greater. He said, because there's nothing more beautiful when the sun comes up after the darkest time of night. There's nothing more beautiful than when you've been in that valley and you start to come up to that mountaintop and you can see for miles. He says, I'm getting you ready. I'm scouting a trail. I'm scouting a trail. You wouldn't be here today if God hadn't been there yesterday. Ain't nobody. Not only does he scout the trail, he supplies the treasure. <laughs> we're going to talk about money 
And people get funny when you talk about money. Tough. Ain't nobody like him. Look what he says about money. I don't believe the church ought to talk about money. Well, God talked about it, and he talked about it when he says ain't nobody like him. Look what he says. I'll give you the hidden treasures, riches stored in the secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. God says, I go to places you didn't know existed, and I give you things you never dreamed of. Listen, listen, when God calls you to do something, people say, God's called me to do this, but I don't know if I'm, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. When God calls you to do something, he's already written a check for it to happen. He's just waiting on you to go deposit it. Your word is going to bounce. God says, I've taken care of, I've seen it happen here over and over and over God supplies. There's been days when we've literally been as low as $3 in the account. person who does our finances is like, man, you got to pay rent. You got to pay the bills. You got it. And I'm, man, I go into freak out mode. I'm like, shut it down. It's done. And every time, God supplies. Someone calls out of the clear blue and says, man, God told me to give you all this. We go to the mailbox and says, God told me to give you this. You're sitting today in a miracle of God. It might not look like much to you. Because you might not have been here during the struggle. You might not have been here when we were meeting in a parking lot. You might not have been here when we prayed over this section of building for three years asking God to give it to us. You might not have been here when we raised a certain amount of money and the city came along and said, man, you got to do this, this, and this, that was going to be double what we had raised, not counting what we'd already done. And God supplied and supplied and supplied and supplied. Let me tell you, like one of my favorite crazy stories of this place is, like you don't think about stupid stuff. Like paint. Paint is expensive. This is a big building. I priced out paint. Kylie, I don't think it was you who gave it to me. It was somebody and said, listen, this is going to sound really crazy. But I want to tell you about a guy who sells paint. And I said, okay. They said, they call him the chicken paint man. I said, the chicken paint man? Yeah. They said he's in the middle of nowhere in Paulden County in a chicken coop. I said, what? And they said, man, he gets all Sherwin-Williams old paint, and he's got a paint mixer, and he can mix any color from Sherwin-Williams. But you got to get 100 gallons. We need like 200-something gallons. And he said, they gave us a price that was like, I said, what? A chicken coop? And he said, you can only get it. I'll find his number. I said, okay. Find his number. They found his number. This dude was country. Well, I mean, I'm a little Larry tell you where I'm located. Like, it was like top secret. Like, it's the closest I ever come to making a drug deal in my life. Like, it was intense. He said, you just head to Paulton County on a Tuesday, and when you get close, call me, and I'll get you here. Oh, okay. I drove out in the middle of the I mean, I heard banjos. <laughs> I pull up to a chicken coop 
And this old, I guess Tommy was with me. And I get out of the car, and this dude comes out with a gun on his hip. I said, I, I was like, I'm about to get killed over paint. He said, you here for that gray paint? Uh-huh. I only take cash. I said, I know. Loaded up the paint. Like, by this time, I didn't even know what to paint. He said, you want to check it out? Like, what am I going to check out about paint? I'm like, okay. I don't know nothing about it. And here's the deal. If I checked it out and it was bad, you got a gun, and I'm in the middle of nowhere, I'm taking the paint. <laughs> I bring it back. I'm calling Kylie on the way. I said, man, you got to come check out this paint. I don't know even if it's paint. Like, I don't know if we get to the bottom of the paint. There's cocaine in it, and there's going to be people coming to pick it up. I don't know what I just did. Like, it was the freakiest thing I'd ever seen. And I think we bought, like, 300 gallons of paint for, like, $700. For the chicken man. I don't even know if the chicken man's a real place or God just created it for us that one day to go to the chicken paint man for me to have a great story on. He supplies the treasure. God goes to the least places you expect him to go, like the chicken man. And he provides. I've been with Christine almost five years. And I can share story after story after story of how God's provided. And yet we still freak out when things get tense or things get, get low. God always provides. He supplies the treasure. Ain't nobody like him. Bible says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. You wonder what's going to happen. And God says, why are you worried about it? I got this. I'm going to take care of you. Because ain't nobody like me. He said, you're looking for that job, and I got the job out there for you. I'm going to supply the treasure for you. Everything you have is because God gave it to you. Everything I have is because God gave it to me. I remember we made the decision for Christine to quit working. Two kids, like full-time at our house. One was in elementary school. One was three at the time. That's a scary moment. And God supplied, and God supplied, and God supplied. It got to the point here where it was time for me to quit taking a salary and have to start doing some other things where the church could function better and do things. And God supplied her with a job where she can be gone a certain amount of time. And I hate it and I whine about it and I gripe about it because I'm a baby and it's all about me. But at the end of the day, God supplies every time. Every time the bills can't be paid. Ain't nobody like him. Engine on my Jeep blows up about eight weeks ago. It's a 2012 Jeep. No warranty on it. No anything on it. Someone says, hey, just call the dealership and see what they'll say. I'm so freaked out. I don't know nothing about it. I don't know nothing about cars anyway. So Christine calls. It's always good to have a wife who knows about cars. They said, oh, yeah, we've been having that problem. They just issued an extended warranty for that. Come on in. We'll fix it for free. 100,000 miles and six years old. No, they kept it six and a half weeks. But why they had it for six and a half weeks, man, I drove a 2018 fully loaded pat-out. I didn't want to give it back. Can y'all take a little bit longer? He supplies the treasure. Eileen, Brad just quit his job. You finally let him quit his job and go out on his own after all these years. And God's going to supply over and over and over I tell them, because I tell you this story about them, because here's what I want you to know. I met them 13 years ago. And when I met them, they didn't have a P 
literally didn't have a penny to rub together. And God blessed, God's blessed you guys in amazing ways. And now you're about to start over again. And I'm sure it gets stressful and it gets scary at times. But you know at the end of the day, God's going to supply the treasure. He's already written the check. You just got to have the faith to deposit it. Ain't nobody like him. I've had times lately where Satan's been beating me up. He's been questioning me. <laughs> but over and over and over, Satan's in my head. It's never going to make it. You're never going to do this. You're a failure in that. You're a failure in that. But man, a couple of weeks ago, couldn't do some things here. Man, I thought we were at the end of our rope financially. Man, I was done. I was str- I was saying, I'm done. I said, this Sunday I'm getting up and we're sh- I cannot deal with it anymore. Satan's in my head. All of a sudden, I don't know where all the money comes in. It's on a Wednesday. The guy, he said, you need to get to the bank on a Wednesday. We don't need to deposit some money. He said, you need to deposit those checks now. It's funny. I walked in that bank. I deposited those checks. I walked out of that bank. I said, hey, Satan, where you at now? I can't hear you. <laughs> when I was down to my luck, he's beating me up. But ain't nobody like him, and he supplied the treasure. I couldn't find Satan anywhere. Mm-hmm. I got to get out of here. We got to do something special through the service. Hey, hey, scouts the trail. He supplies the treasure, and he specifies the traveler. Is Kylie in here? Kylie, you, you sound like you could be a preacher. Get up. Stand up, Kylie. Where are you at? Oh, you're on the front row. Man, you love Jesus. Man, put that verse up, Xander. Read that for me. Keep on. Keep on. By what? By what? Keep on. Go get backstage. We've got to play drums here in a minute. Hey, for the sake of Jacob, my servant, of Israel, my chosen, he said, I summon you by name. When you didn't know him, he was calling you by name. God knows you by name. Ain't nobody like him. He told Jeremiah, he said, I knew you in your mother's womb. And I called you and I set you apart for a purpose. You've heard me say it a million times. I'm going to throw every cliche I got out today. You might have been a whoopsie in mommy and daddy's back seat, but you didn't surprise God. He said, I knew you in your mother's womb, and I set you apart for greatness. You look at yourself, and you think you're junk, and you think you're an addict, and you think you're a reject, and you think you're a failure, and you think you're a bad parent, and you think you're a bad husband, and you think you're a bad wife, and you think that you don't know what you're doing. You think that you're this, and you're that, and you're this, and you're that. And God says, I call you by name. He says, I know you. I put a title of honor on you. Though you might not even acknowledge me, though you want to run from me, though you want to forget who you are because you've forgotten who I am, I ain't forgot who you are. God has a purpose for you. The world says you can't be used to God says, I called him by name. I called you by name. Do I even got to say it? Because they're going to laugh in the front row when I do. Ain't nobody like him.
Now, if you was in Buckhead, that'd be ain't nobody like it. But they also call raw fish sushi. We call it bait here and we say ain't nobody like it. <laughs> Let's pray. <laughs>